Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor at Chessman Wealth Management. Hello and welcome in to the Money Night Podcast. I'm Ben George alongside Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor, Chessman Wealth Strategies. Wade, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great, Ben. Doing great. Just loving this 100, 100 degree heat already. It's not looking, it's not a good sign for the for the summer here. It's not. It's not. Well, we got a good show. I want to I want to kind of make you pick sides today. You up for that? Okay. okay. Yeah, I like I, I like that. I know with financial debates there's obviously a lot of different opinions, right? There's and, and oftentimes, you know, there's different strategies that can work for anybody. So there's not always a right and a wrong necessarily, but I want to kind of see where you stand on some important financial uh, conversations from bonds to life insurance, credit card debt, uh, social security, a lot of different topics that are top of mind when it comes to planning, but there are some varying opinions. I want to kind of see where you stand on this. And because we have a, a decent amount to go through, I want to, we're going to make this a two-part episode. So we'll awesome. go through our first four today, then we'll do our second uh, four on the next episode. So make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen. You can find us on every podcasting app, but make sure you subscribe. Check that out. We'll also put it up at chessmanwealth.com. So check there as well. All right. So let's start off with this one, Wade. Um, your house is going to be one of the biggest assets you own, right? Mortgage right. debt, typically considered good debt. So where do you stand on this one? You should always pay off your house as soon as you can. I don't think that that's, this is not going to come as a surprise. Whenever you say you should always, you know, that's, that's probably not a great way to start an argument. You should always do it. But right. I think there is something to be said about having your house paid off when you get to retirement. And maybe not even so much um, financially, but from a peace of mind concept. We've talked about this many times. You know, a re- one reason to pay for your house isn't simply because, just because it makes, you know, financial sense financially, but because we've talked about this. When you have, when you're a borrower, you, you become a slave to the lender in a sense. It can cause anxiety, and so I'd say it doesn't. You should always. I don't think you should always pay off your house as soon as you can necessarily. But I think it's a worthwhile goal to have your house paid off when you get into retirement. If nothing else, just to take the stress of having that hanging over you, just take that off. That's one less thing you have to worry about. So that, that's what I would say about that. Yeah, and that one almost, a lot of it does come down to just how you feel about it, right? Like if, if it makes you feel sure. much better to not have that debt, then maybe that's the right decision. Right. Yeah. All right, so that's the first one where Wade stands on paying off the house. All right, let's talk bonds here for a minute. Um, individual bonds are better than bond funds. So can you quickly just define and explain what bond funds are and then weigh in on it? Sure. So a bond fund is a typically a mutual fund or an ETF that owns bonds. You're part, you own part of many different investors coming together to own a basket of securities, in this case, bonds, versus individual bonds where you actually go out and purchase or someone purchases on your behalf, individual corporate bonds, municipal bonds, you name it, where you own the name. You look inside your account, you can see I own a Boeing bond or I own a Ford Motor Credit Company bond. That's the big difference. Individual bonds aren't always better than bond funds, but they do have some advantages. Like in the situation we find ourselves in now with rising interest rates, We've seen bond prices go down. I think um, last time I checked, the Vanguard total stock 
total bond index, one of the largest bond funds in the world, was down like 10 or 12% for the year, which is unheard of for bond funds. Hmm. And individual bonds are down as well. The difference is with individual bonds is that eventually those bonds are going to mature. We know that when they mature, we know how much money we're going to get back. We know how much of coupon we're going to collect. And so sometimes individual bonds can mitigate some of the risk of owning bonds, specifically interest rate risk, because you can ladder those bonds. And as bonds come due, you can buy a new bond. Now, theoretically, that same thing is happening inside of a bond fund. But with individual bonds, you have a little bit more control because you own the individual bonds and you can decide what you do with those Okay. versus a bond fund. And there's somebody, some manager or something going on that's out of sight of your control. So I wouldn't say individual bonds are always better but they do have some potential advantages that we really like. And it's at least worth exploring. It's not right for everybody, but it could have some advantages. Yeah, so next time you're with your advisor, make sure you discuss that as well. could be something to look into. All right, um, life insurance. The The common thought is, hey, maybe nobody needs life insurance once they've retired. So where do you stand on that, Wade? Is that true? It's not always true. I mean, think about, uh, let's say you, you have a, for example, let's say you have a pension. Not very many people have those anymore, but they're still around. Right. So let's say you have a pension, and if you pass away, that pension either goes away completely or there's a reduced benefit paid to your spouse or your heirs, or maybe there's no benefit paid if you pass away. It'd be nice to have some life insurance to help offset that. You know, I've I've said this before. I've never met a widow that wishes her husband had less life insurance. So I would argue that even if you're retired – if, the, if you were to pass away and your passing away would cause financial harm or not harm, but just make things more difficult for your whoever you're responsible for, then there's a good reason to maybe have some. The other reason that it's not, you might want to have life insurance beyond retirement is if you're doing it for other planning purposes. Perhaps you're planning for state tax liabilities. It's a good way for some people just to guarantee or maybe not guarantees, can't really make a lot of guarantees, but it's a good way to have a higher probability that there's going to be a pool of money left for your heirs. And one way you can do that is through life insurance. So I wouldn't say nobody needs life insurance once they're retired. A lot of people don't need, won't need it, but there'll be some that it still continues to make sense for even beyond retirement. Okay. If you have, yeah, if you want to learn more about, um, this subject and to go into life insurance in a little bit more detail. We did do an episode, episode 46, I believe it was. You can go back to that one. It's do retirees really need life insurance? And and we really dive into it a little bit deeper. So if you want to learn more about that and get into that discussion a little bit further, that is a a great episode to go to. So again, once once you get done with this one, episode 46, check that one out. We're cross-selling, cross-selling episodes. There you go. We, we, we've done a lot well, of great content through the, through the last yeah, couple Yeah, we of have. It's starting to stack up. So there is, there's some, if you want more information on that, yeah, definitely go check it out. All right. Here's a, a last one we'll end on today for this episode. It's better to have a fee-based advisor instead of a commission-based broker. I would say in general, I think that's, that's true because a fee-based advisor is going to have typically, and we've done episodes on this, but what is a fiduciary? Right. So a a fee-based advisor is much more likely to be a fiduciary to have that higher level of standard of care. But there's nothing wrong. And inherently, there's nothing wrong with commission-based things. Lots of things we do are commission-based. You know, when you buy and sell a home, you pay your broker a commission. 
a lot of insurance that we just talked about still is in the old commission world. And I don't think there's inherently wrong with anything wrong with it. The main thing is to find somebody that you trust, you feel like it's going to good, take good care of you, whether it's commission-based or fee-based. The reason we gravitate over here on the investment side to fee-based is because we sit more on the same side of the table as the client. If the account goes up, we make more. If the accounts go down, we make less. And it removes a lot of the conflicts of interest that are out there. You, know, you don't have to worry about, are we offering you this product or this product because we make more on this or less on that? That's the reason why, generally, I think having a fee-based advisor has a lot of advantages over commission-based. But there's good commission-based uh, advisors out there as well. So, you know, you don't want thir- you don't want to say they're all bad. It's just I think there's some advantages, and that's why we've chosen on the investment management side to be fee-based. All right, very good. So those are the first four we're going to make way to pick sides on. We'll we'll finish up discussion on the next uh, episode. So make sure you subscribe to the show as always. And if you have questions for Wade, you can always. Get in touch with him via the website, chessmanwealth.com, or just call this number, 214-572-2120. Now it's time for this week's Kingdom Minute, a biblical perspective on money and finances. All right, so in this week's Kingdom Moment, I'm going to talk about um, the dangers of wealth. And I've, we've talked a lot about last time, we talked about um, how God views riches. And we talked a little bit in the past, even more about the uncertainty of wealth, that real, riches are uncertain. But, you know, a lot of times we talk about wealth, 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 and being rich and all this stuff. So I thought, well, what does that even mean? A lot of you listening may be saying, well, I'm not rich. So that's a good question. You know, are the people we're talking to on this podcast, are they rich? And the, the, the reason that a lot of times we don't feel rich, I will say, if you live in America, you're in the in the scheme of the world, you're rich, right? It doesn't take much. But let's just say, if you're looking out in your community, let's use Dallas as an example. Uh, we've got more billionaires in Dallas than any other city. I think we have like 18, maybe 19 billionaires just in Dallas. So you, you may not feel wealthy, and because we tend to feel rich or not rich because how we, we compare ourselves with our peers. But we don't compare ourselves. We don't tend to make downward comparisons. We tend to make upward comparisons. So we look at people like Jerry Jones or we you know Mark Cuban. And those are extreme examples here in town. They're extremely rich. So yes, compared to those folks, we're not rich. But it gives us a distorted view of our wealth. So I would say that most people listening to this today are wealthy. And so what are the dangers then of having wealth? Well, one of the dangers is not finishing well. Now, what, do, what, what am I meaning by that? Well, the idea is, you know, as we gain more and more wealth, and you see this in the Bible, let's say Solomon, for example, he was um, the Lord. It said the Lord loved Solomon. Uh, he sent his prophet Nathan to him. He was successor to the throne of his father, King David. And he was given, you know, so- Solomon asked God for something. And he said, yeah, whatever you want. He, and he asked for wisdom. So he gave him ext- extraordinary wisdom. So he had all this going for him. But God had some requirements. He said, hey, look, don't get a bunch of stuff. Don't have a bunch of horses. Don't. Um, don't accumulate large amounts of gold, don't take many wives, don't do all these things. Well, he did all those things, 
Solomon had 12,000 horses, it says, in 1 Kings. He amassed silver and gold. He had many, many wives. And so it, but consequently, because of these things, he descended into a life of disobedience and refusal to follow the Lord. Now, part of that was because he didn't have to rely on the Lord. He was so wealthy that this was an issue that caused him to finish not as well as he did at the beginning of his life. He finished not well. And we see that in society today with uh, leaders, uh, whether it's political leaders, religious leaders, a lot of times, you know, success and wealth comes their way and they kind of forget where they came from. So most of us listening are rich. And so we do need to be careful then about the dangers of wealth. And that's not all bad. You know, obviously there's good things too we can do, but there are some dangers. So I'm just going to spend a couple weeks talking about a few of those. Very good, Wade. Uh, always enjoy hearing your Kingdom Minute and providing that perspective, that biblical perspective for us to, to really latch on to. So thanks for sharing this week's. And uh, and thank you for listening to the Monday Night Podcast. We're going to wrap it up on that note. Again, we got the second part to this conversation coming out on our next episode. So please make sure you hit subscribe. Wade, thanks as always. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ben. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.